0: This morning is from Song of Songs, the eighth chapter, verses six through seven. I'm reading the new international version. Scripture says, Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal over your arm, for love is as strong as death, its jealousy unyielding as the grave, it burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot wash it away. If one were to give all the wealth of his house for love, it would be utterly scorned. This is God's word. He'll bless us as we hear and obey it. Amen. Father, may the words of my lips and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. During the Middle Ages, it was popular to read the Song of Songs as an allegory and to see it as a picture of the love Christ has for his bride, the church. I believe there is great truth in that reading. But whatever else the Song of Songs is, and before it is anything else, It is also a rich, robust ballad of romantic love, the love between a man and a woman. It is filled with lush, passionate, sensual imagery. We live in a time in which there's a great deal of ambivalence about romantic love. On the one hand, we have the sentimental or what I will call naive view of romantic love, which sees it as a lubricant that eases all of life's difficulties. As a wave that washes over us and sweeps us away, it happens to us. It's the answer to all our problems. On the other hand, romantic love is also seen as an illusion that is not real and can never be trusted. So, just by way of introduction, I want to look at these two contrasting poles. First... Let's look at the view that I'm calling the naive view of romantic love. We are made for relationship together and we are wired for romantic love and as a consequence, romantic love understandably and frequently falls into an almost sacred place, an almost religious place in our hearts and in our minds. As we are growing up, songs tell us, movies show us and Something about the bent of our own created hearts seemed to say to us, if I could just find the right woman, if I could just find the right man, the one of my dreams, if I could just find true love, everything in my life would be all right. In short, what I'm calling the naive view of romantic love says that romantic love is everything. In Mozart's opera, The Magic Flute, there's a comic figure by the name of Papageno, he, at least in the three productions I've seen, I haven't gone back to the text to say if this is demanded, but he's a comic figure. He has kind of a rainbow costume and feathers on. He's a he's a comic figure. He's looking for his true love. He finds her at, later in the opera, and she has a rainbow suit like it and feathers, and they're kind of quite a fantastical figure together. But as he searches for his Papagena, he sings in translation, If only I could be kissed by a woman, I would know what true happiness is. I could match wits with princes and think myself in heaven. If only a wifely mouth would kiss me, I could be healed forever. In other words, romantic love is saving. When you fall in love, and I know many of you in this room have, You do feel like you're in the heavenlies. Your feet hover about six feet, if not further, above the ground. You feel like you've found your heart's hope, your heart's desire, and the language about this is cosmic. It is eternal. There's something cosmic to the feeling of being in love romantically. There's an almost religious dimension to it you feel true love is going to make everything all right. And that is, to a degree, as it should be, because, as we've said, we are made with this drive for relationship, to be connected for completion, this drive to be known and to know fully, completely, perfectly. We're made for that. Of course, the problem is that romantic love, important as it is, was never made to bear the entire weight of our perfect completion and our perfect salvation. One of the great movie icons of all time, well at least of my time, was Sophia Loren. She's still alive, and as I've observed on the internet in her early 70s, still looking lovely. And I found this quote... Full disclosure, I was not able to find it on another site, but in a a site called Fixed Nails, don't ask me to explain it, is a a site uh, with quotations. I found this quote, I I haven't been able to find it other places, even with Google searches. So, whether or not Sophia Lorenz said this, it's still true. But Fixed Nails quotes her in an interview, it doesn't cite the interview, of October 2009, as saying, my life is what I have dreamed of. Films, marriage to Carlo Ponti." as I was researching that, I found what I'd forgotten if I knew it, that she turned out Cary Grant for Carlo Ponti and had a happy marriage. She said, my life is what I dreamed of. Films, marriage to Carlo, bearing his children. Marvelous. I'm not even going to try to say it, she must have it marvelous, you can picture that rolling off her lips. Then the quote continues. I lack only one thing. In the center of my life, there is a void impossible to satisfy. I have everything I want, except the main thing. The myth that romantic love is everything, the myth that romantic love will be your salvation, puts a religious weight on romantic love that, in the fullness of time, it simply cannot bear. The real problem isn't that love is meant to be our salvation. The real problem is that our beloveds in this world aren't meant to be our saviors. They can't bear that weight. They won't bear the weight of that. Therefore, the naive myth of romantic love that says true love is everything gives way to another myth. Let's call it the cynical myth of romantic love. And it says true love is actually an illusion. The cynical myth of romantic love says love isn't real. Love is an imprisonment. Love lets you down. It says... And we hear this all the time, don't we? Or at least the effects of it. Never get swept off your feet. Never give your heart away. Never. Don't give your heart to anybody. Have all the physical expressions you want with whomever you want. But never make an unconditional commitment. Never give your heart away. Never be vulnerable. So people who are under the sway of what I am calling the cynical myth of love don't fall in love, they have relationships, they don't have affairs, they have physical friendships, they don't date, they see each other, they don't have flings, they have, as the title of one recent movie has it, friends with benefits. When the love is everything and the love is salvation story fails us, the pendulum swings the other way and we say love is foolish or love is impossible or love is a prison so the cynical myth says true love is an illusion. Have physical release with whomever you want and as many people as you want, but never be completely vulnerable. The most important thing is to be passionate about yourself. People let you down. That's the message of another of Mozart's operas, Cosi Fan Tutti. It shows the faithfulness, the fickleness, the fecklessness that romantic love can be. The title means, Thus Do All Women, or Women Are Like That, or we could say Men Are Like That. So this leads to the cynical view of romantic love. It says, don't spend yourself and your passion on anybody else but yourself. Only love yourself. Now, in the end, Cosi Fantuti tries to deal with this insight by being a comedy. It's all right. Men are like that. Women are like that. Deal with it. But is that good enough? So here are the two secular stories the world tells us about romantic love. Love is everything, love is salvation, or love is an illusion. Love is nothing. So here's my question. Is that the best we can do? The biblical view of romantic love is quite different. The Bible pulls together in a satisfying way all of the various strands of human experience with regard to romance and love. It doesn't say romantic love is our salvation, and neither does it say romantic love is an illusion or unimportant. There has never been a religion that has even tried to have a higher view of physical love I'm going to say the word once, and sexuality, and now you'll know I mean that every time I say romantic love, and romance, and Christianity. So let's look at what just the two verses that Phil read for us this morning from the great eighth chapter of the Song of Songs. Chapters, verses six and seven, suggest about a biblical portrait of this great gift. first. The Bible tells us that romantic love is not to be casual or multifaceted or promiscuous. Romantic love is properly personal. Verse 6. Put me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. The seal is a signet. And it was used in ancient times as it was used in feudal and medieval times to seal messages. It was as personal and intimate as a name. This message can come from no one else but the one who bears the signet. One of the famous arias in Cassi Fentuti, actually it's a duet, I don't know Italian, I'll try, O core di Dono. This heart is for you. We give one another our hearts. Love is personal. I remember... Uh, In my childhood, seeing the letters my mother uh, wrote to my father during World War II, uh, she even illustrated it once. I didn't think much of it at the time. I thought it was kind of weird. She put on her brightest red lipstick, and she took the envelope, and she sealed it on both sides. Didn't really appreciate it then, but... As my sister and brother and I were going through their papers, we found a whole stack of letters that my mother had wrote my father all with those big red lipstick kisses on them. I'm glad I saw them. I never read them. My sister never read them. She burned them. She said they were meant for my father, only for him. They were signed with, sealed with a kiss. They were personal. They were his. They were intimate and real. Romantic love, as the Bible intends it, isn't generic. It is targeted, it is directed, it is personal, it is specific, it is exclusive. Lust is generalized, but love is personal. And when Harry met Sally, Billy Crystal's character meets Meg Ryan's. they're friends for years, and finally as the vagaries of life take their turns, he realizes he's in love with her, he, he's hurt her in many ways as a friend, but he runs to her, the party she's all dressed up on, a New Year's Eve, and he tells her he loves her, and Meg Ryan's character looks back at him and says, You can't show up here and tell me you love me and expect that everything's alright, it doesn't work that way. So Billy Crystal, really at his best, with a kind of perplexed look, says, well, how does it work? And uh, Meg Ryan, at her best, kind of flummoxed by that responsible, I don't know, but not that way. And she turns away on her heels to leave. And Billy uh, Crystal's character goes around, stops her in her tracks, and races in front of her and replies, well, how about this way? I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out. I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I love that when you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I love that I spend a day with you and I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. I love that you're the last one to speak to before I go to sleep at night. And it's not because I'm lonely and it's not because of New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. (laughs) Pretty good speech. (laughs) Love is personal. Love is targeted. Love is real. Love gives its heart. We're going to love one another. We're going to be a community of love. We need to know more than one another's names. We need to know one another's stories. We need to spend time with one another. That's why an hour in worship a week is good but not enough, not nearly enough. We need to be in Bible study together. We need to study the Bible together, and we need to study together. We need to know one another. We need to be in small groups. We need to be in ministry and mission together. If we are to be the people God means us to be and the church we are called to be, if we aren't together more than just one hour on Sunday morning, we will never be that. To be a faithful community of love together, we need large group experiences, small group experiences, and service together. We need to know one another's stories. Love is personal. Then the Bible says romantic love is meant to be committed. Listen to verse 6b, for love is as strong as death. Jealousy is as severe as Sheol. The purpose of love is procreative, but it's also unitive. It's given to be a bond. It's given to bring us together. Love is tenacious. Listen to verse 7. Many waters cannot quench love, nor will rivers overflow it. The banks of the rivers will be strong. Love will not be overwhelmed or overcome by anything else. It holds on. It stays the course. It never falls. Winston Churchill's famous commencement speech, I know many of you have heard it, He stood up and he said, never give up, never give up, never, never, never give up. And he sat down. That's not only advice for life. That is a picture of love. Love never fails. Love holds on. Love is a bond. Love is a treasure. It's priceless. If a man were to give all the riches of his house for love, it would be utterly despised. Money can buy a king-sized bed, but it can't buy sleep. It can buy medicine, but it can't buy health. It can buy a church building, but it can't even be a down payment on heaven. It can't buy love. If we were to try to buy love, we would be ridiculous and utterly scorned. Love is a perfect treasure. Love's source is divine. Its flashes are flashes of fire. The very flame of the Lord. Before fire is an image of destruction. In scripture it is primarily and first of all an image of the divine presence and the divine life itself. To say that love is flashes of fire is to say that love's source is itself divine. The Bible explains Why you want to give yourself ultimately to somebody who is your savior when you fall in love? Because we're made for that. The Bible tells us that we were built to be naked and unashamed before God. We were built to be absolutely known and absolutely loved. That's why we have both the naive and cynical myths about romantic love. Because we were built for that. And what we reach out to find, it fails us. We become broken. Remember, Star Trek, when Captain Kirk says, shields down. When we experience, or at least initially, when we experience physical love, the shields come down. We are transparent. We are open. We are making ourselves vulnerable and available. That's the way it is meant to be. What human beings are built for? What romantic love teaches us? What it is the training wheels for? Is that we want to be absolutely known and absolutely loved. We want to be seen all the way down, and respected and honored and lifted in return. How can such things be? The gospel is that Jesus Christ went to the cross, died the death we should have died, lived the life we should have lived. That We are covered in his righteousness. The one who created us, who knows us best, can look all the way down into our life and says, you are mine. I love you. I will never fail you or forsake you. Paul says, this is the mystery. But when we talk about husband and wife, we're talking about Christ and the church. I've said it before. Let me say it again. There simply is no other religious faith that has even tried to have this kind of glorious view of romantic love. That explains why when you do fall in love, you're looking for a savior, you're looking for something deep because you were made for that, you were meant that way. And when we stand together and give an earthly covenant, we are not saying to one another in a Christian marriage, I will be your savior I'm saying I am free to give myself wholly and completely to you because I have found a Savior and I pledge to take you, my beloved, in this earth and do everything I can and be to be part of your life, carrying you and me together to the beloved that loves us fully and completely and finally and fully. We can give ourselves to another person because we know they are not our salvation but he is. So here is the gospel. A wifely or a husbandly kiss can thrill you, can be one of God's great treasures to you, but it cannot and will not heal you forever. But his kiss can Living and holy God, we are thankful for all of the training wheels of life and love that you give us and you call us to. May we be faithful. May we be witnesses to what you call us to be and what you have promised you are to be for us. We are thankful that we are saved eternally by love himself. And that you have come to us in Jesus Christ. And eternity itself is not time enough for us to sing your praise. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.